Hello, beautiful listeners. Nathan here. Just wanted to let you guys know that you may have noticed at the beginning of this episode, we called the podcast the definitive list of everything ever. Also, the title has changed. That is because the quest for the best, uh, apparently everyone had the same idea we did, which means great minds think alike and also means we don't know how to use Google. So for the next handful of episodes, I may intro the show with Welcome to the Quest for the Best and then say something not funny, but the actual name of the show is definitely the definitive list of everything ever, colon, Disney edition, until we Google that and find someone else took that too. So enough of me talking, just wanted to let you know, enjoy the episode. I hurt myself (laughs) today. (laughs) Thank you, James, and welcome (laughs) to... The quest for the best, colon, Disney edition, colon, I hate you, Walt. God, pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure we didn't want to talk about this. Well, good. I'm glad he's dead. Ow. Moving on. <laughs> uh, it's good he's dead because he didn't have to see I'm this. trying to do the introductions. You're all just stalling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nathan, the host of this dumpster fire. And with me, we have... A man turned into a bear, James Decker. I don't know what a bear sounds like. And also with me is check out the udders on that one, Derek. I knew it. I I knew it! (laughs) Oh, good gosh. So we watched some Disney films this week. I mean, you know that, because that's what the show is, and we're still on Disney films. Were they Disney films? I'm still... I think the uh, committee is still out on that one. We watched human garbage that has somehow gained sentience and then created a film. Um, <laughs> two films, in fact. Both were bad. Uh, but first, we did a quiz to find out what our Disney spirit animal is in honor of Brother Bear. <laughs> Disney's greatest film since Atlantis, The Lost Empire. So, uh, James... Who is your Disney spirit animal? Well, I'm sorry to say it's Tigger, and I don't understand how that happened. But it says, I am one of a king, not one of a kind. Thank you, oh my Disney. And always on the go, 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 hyperactivity is your speciality, and you can see the humor in any situation. Yeah, okay. That sounds nothing like me. Good job. Did you see the humor in the movies we watched this week? Yes, I laughed so much. No. (laughs) I'm also hyperactive because I got Louis the Alligator or Louis. I don't actually know how to say it because I haven't seen next week. I haven't seen Princess and the Frog. I'm a fun-loving hyperactive but have a heart of gold. I am sometimes a bit of a worrywart, but it's only because you're so protective of your friends. I'm not protective of my friends. No, you're abusive to your friends. Ow. (laughs) You want you really want me to protect you, Derek? It would make me feel safe. <laughs> Derek needs you to protect him so that the family farm doesn't get sold. Oh, the farm that he just moved to and now has this incredible attachment to? Yes, that one. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Derek, uh, you didn't tell us who your spirit animal was before time, so surprise us. <laughs> your spirit animal is Mushu the Dragon. <laughs> I can see it. You are protective of your friends, comical and sometimes a bit spontaneous. What you lack in... 
spontaneous. No, not hyperactive. What you lack in fire-breathing ability, you make up for with a heart of gold. I debate that. I'm... He had... Wait. Mine didn't... Mine had a heart of gold, and I'm protective of my friends. Yeah, they're like the same person, except... They just, and, and both of ours were hyperactive. They just used the same, like, four words and just shuffled them around. Yep. Sounds about right. Also, Mushu can breathe fire. Check the facts, oh my Disney. Fake news. <sighs> I was supposed to elicit some kind of response out of you guys. You know, it's hard to host if your co-host don't, don't respond to I'm, anything. It was literally the worst quiz we ta- we've taken. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, let's, it just worked along so well with the movies we watched this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm that, trying to swallow my bile right now. It's appropriate for the garbage we watched. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it's uh, about... <laughs> So yeah, we're coming up on the uh, some would say tail end, I would say ass end of the <laughs> um, We're entering the zone of death known as 2003 when the Disney classic starring Joaquin Phoenix and some other people came. Rick Moranis to prove he still had a career and then did nothing after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2003, 31st of October, even though this poster says November 1st. Okay, either IMDb is wrong or eh, who cares. Brother Bear. Let me tell you a little something about Brother Bear, podcast listeners. It's a movie about a man who's turned into a bear so he can learn that bears are people too, just furrier and meaner. And Peter. and there's moose because moose are funny and they're Canadian because that's <laughs> funnier than Canada. America's I'm gonna have to act. defend Canada against that hmm. groaning, Derek. Honor, yeah, I'm not groaning about Canada. I'm groaning at the insult against Canada that was those two characters. Honor of right. this film. Oh, I listened to the South Park uh, song "Blame Canada," Academy Award. Winning South or nominated South Park song Blame Canada, which yeah. coincidentally lost to You'll Be in My Heart by Tarzan that year, which apparently <laughs> uh, the creators of South Park are still bitter about. Blame <laughs> mm. <laughs> Canada is a better song than any song in Brother Bear, but we're not going to go there yet. Um, oh, poor Phil Collins. I think he just like cried in his soul. Brother Bear has Phil Collins and Tina Turner, which that's how you know it's a winning combination. Mm. Um, so, Derek, have yes. you seen this movie before? And if so, rewatching it has what? What are your opinions? Um, I this was not a movie I watched when it came out. Uh, I watched it several years later because I was like, hey, Disney movie, I haven't seen it, so I watched it. Um, I didn't hate it at the time. But it also didn't blow me away. Uh, I do remember enjoying parts of it quite a bit. Uh, rewatching it, I my opinion has changed slightly. There are still parts about it that I enjoy, but partway through the movie, this movie takes a drastic d- dip in quality. And also make some really poor creative decisions that bother me a lot more now. James. 
I watched it once on DVD, and it must have been right after it came out in theaters. So I guess 2004, maybe? And I remember um, we all watched it, Some like my brothers and I, and it finished, and we all were just like, uh, well, that happened, I guess. And that's literally how I felt rewatching it. And I was hoping this time that I'd find more to like. And I think I found less. And I don't know how this movie got made. Hmm. Satan's reign began and he made this movie. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> the proof that God hates us. Um, well, actually, no, that's the next movie. I, I've seen pieces of this movie, I guess, at other people's houses. I'm thinking like their kids had it on. It must have been like Probably. cousins or something. Um, <laughs> you were just in some random stranger's house and their kids were watching that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. that sounds about right. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in Iowa, probably. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought it looked like total trash. And my opinion hasn't changed much. <laughs> I still think it's pretty bad. Um I did watch it in two sittings, which is better than the other movie we watched this week. So I was—I <laughs> technically think I was less bored with this one than with Atlantis, which is weird considering I haven't seen hadn't seen either of those movies all the way through uh, before now. But I did watch this one after we watched uh, Home on the Range, so maybe that was why I was a little more tolerant of it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, any freaking anything looks like freaking masterpiece compared to the other movie we were talking about. Um, yeah. So, so most of it was new. I think I might have seen parts of the sequel too, which is really gross and weird. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm disappointed in you. It would have been the same thing, like in passing. Yeah, I know. Um, so moving on, uh, Derek mentioned there are things that he liked about this movie. <laughs> I'd, I'd like you to elaborate. Yes, um, I'm, I'm going. Not saying to... there's nothing bad. Good, just for the record, I'm not saying there's nothing good about this movie, but you did mention it. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go up to bat for this movie a bit. Um, a lot Do of it. the things that I like about it are things that I feel had potential and could have been done better in someone else's hands. Uh, I enjoyed the stuff with the brothers at the beginning, though. On this second time watching, I could see that it's very, it's very forced. It doesn't feel quite as natural as it should be, but compared to the rest of the movie. And I really liked, um, I really liked the storyline with the, with the brother that was hunting the bear, the brother bear. I just thought that, I don't know, the way it's resolved is ridiculous, but I think I like that idea, that general concept of, you know, his own brother hunting him and you can kind of see sort of a, you know, it has a character arc to it in that. He was kind of he was a jerk. Then he became had a moment change of heart where he realized, no, I need to step up and be more of an adult. And then he ended up being consumed by rage. So it's like there were character changes there. It just probably needed to be done better. Um, let's see the music, uh, and I'm not talking about the Phil Collins music, which is with the Tina Turner song. Yeah, which oh is, my gosh, <laughs> for the most part is unoffensive. <laughs> Uh, but the, I like the the background music a lot, especially the uh, chanting that happens when the when the spirits appear. I en- I enjoyed that uh, that 
I enjoyed that piece particularly. That's interesting because I read a piece about music analysis in film, and they picked that music is nothing to do with like Eskimo, like indig- early indigenous people music. Like it's from like it's based on like Norwegian cult music that's on a completely different continent. Oh. They just picked it because it sounded exotic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's not even it's not even remotely historically like they tried to make it be like music from the time, but it's not even it's like not even close. Yeah, it it actually does kind of give me the opening of Frozen vibes now that you mention it. Yeah, but. it's and I like that that they were that they were setting a story um, in sort of prehistoric um, times with I they're meant to be Inuits, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, historical accuracy took a backseat on this one, but I like the attempt and would be interested to see more stories like that. But I think that's about the extent of the good stuff I have. I feel like at the core of this movie was a much better movie that needed needed to have focus brought out to it. I like some yeah. of the visuals of this film. Mm-hmm. I like the. Aurora. I like the animation. Yeah, the Aurora, the visuals of the Aurora, I thought were really cool, and like I think there was, there was like a, there was kind of a soul to this movie. It wasn't just a soulless cash grab. Mm. Like I felt like someone actually kind of tried. Yeah, I they just didn't try very. They just sucked. It's, I, oh. it's, it was an earnest attempt by, I feel, people that probably were a little out of their depth. And granted, I don't know anything about the people that, besides the company, I mean the p- actual people that made this. But I kind of feel like somebody was there making some very poor decisions that offset other people's good decisions. This movie only made $300,000 its entire opening weekend. Oh, how did Are you get see this? <laughs> yeah. It grossed eighty five million and cost one hundred twenty eight million. Oh wow! Mother of mercy. I think one of the things that probably destroyed this film was that it was the last film done by the animators in Florida. The Mulan and Mulan Stitch people, right? Yeah, and so I wonder if there's some kind of you know hopelessness slash you know, executive racing them to get it done to close the studio mm-hmm. behind the scenes on yeah. this film. And so what you're saying is that the brother hunting the brother bear was a metaphor for their bosses. For their bosses hunting them and just dis- destroying them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, can I can I actually give two things I liked? I really yeah. liked the the style of the animation, I thought mm-hmm. the animals and the people looked good. Yeah. It looks a lot like Mulan. It's it reminded a, me a ton mm. of Mulan. It is a very pretty looking film. And the second thing, I do like the Phil Collins song that the, what's Coda, is the little bear, right? Yeah. The On My Way song, that song did get stuck in my head watching this movie mm. again. Well, I mean, Phil but, Collins can make good music. Um, it's. Just, I understand that it's probably not his best song by far, but I did like that one song, and I didn't mind it in the context of this film. Yeah, it's. I don't know. What, what do you about have? the Tina Turner song? It's an yeah, instant like classic. That. Which no, Which one no. was the Tina Turner song? There's <laughs> the this, one that there's they this gaping... sing at the beginning. You're gonna no. sing it first, right? I don't even remember anything about it because I hated it like it, a lot. Mm. <laughs> there's this gaping hole in my memory. 
and I think the wow. song used to live there. Did you drink bleach before this podcast or something? Like maybe. <laughs> didn't you just watch this movie like an hour ago? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was my review. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about this movie. No, but uh, yeah, I, but- I I struggled to find things I liked about this film. Yeah. Um, I agree that I like the setting. I don't know if any of this is authentic to indigenous people. Like normally I would look that stuff up because I care about it. I just cared so little I didn't bother. So sorry I let all our listeners down. We don't know if they actually do have the same theories about totems as is expressed in the film or whatever. I, I don't really freaking care. Um, um, I thought the film was going to go somewhere else at the end that would kind of tie its message together better. Yeah, And I was actually kind of looking forward to that. I think this is a negative, turning into a negative because it didn't. But there were there were times where I was like, you know, this film could salvage itself. Like there are ideas here that are fine. Like yeah, it's it's a bit, it's super formulaic, but it's like it could still work since it's a kids movie. But yeah. it just it even didn't work on that front to me. For yeah. me, I think what I mean, the core of the movie is about a murderer learning that he that you know realizing what he did wrong and at the same time having to care for his victim's um you know orphan which you know i mean i know it's like he's a human she was a bear i mean that's just what happens but at the same time it's kind of like we're meant to view it as there's no difference between bears and humans all life is equal is kind of part one of the messages and the concept of I, I like that concept. That feels like something that you could do a lot with, and it doesn't feel like something Disney usually does very much. Because, I mean, how often have we had a protagonist where the main the main thrust of the story was that he did something horribly wrong, and then he has well, to learn? I mean, even the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, at worst, he told an old woman to that she couldn't stay in his house. Didn't, Tar- didn't Tarzan, which also had Phil Collins, like kind of have the exact same message and do it better? I I felt like it. I feel like this movie was the like pitching ideas, and it's like let's do the Lion King plus Tarzan with bears, and and Timon and Pumbaa were funny. So let's have two side characters that are just quipping the entire time, falling yeah. around, and everyone loved the Lion King, right? And everyone loves kids. Well, not kids according to our kids. list. <laughs> so let's put kid. Let's put a kid it's in it. High on our list. It's fine. Yeah, like um, familial drama. That's exciting. Let's put that in there. It's just like yeah, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of all these Disney tropes that don't go anywhere. They just smash into one stupid movie. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how much of the familial stuff was a reaction to the success of Lilo and Stitch. Because it does feel like the cheapy, crappy brother version versus well, they'd the sister be done. Right? Were they really? Because it was only Leland a year Stitch. and a half, or not even, since Leland Stitch, because Leland Stitch mm-hmm. was summer of the year before. No, well, maybe mm. not. I don't know. It, it may be... I don't know. There is weird parallels between these movies, except one of them's good. Yeah. It's... it's like, bad things, yeah. So there's that. <sighs> yeah, it's... Mm. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, there's... I don't know, there's something I was going to say, but it's completely slipped my mind. Are we done with good stuff? Well, no, I have one more good stuff. One of the actors for the cast listing says male lover bear. His name is Greg Proops. 
Poops. What the heck? One letter away from poops. <laughs> That's a good thing. One would I think. Love it. One would <laughs> think that maybe we are descending in in class, but I I feel it's appropriate for this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, we watched it's Home Disney's Home. fault. They did it first. Yeah. Several years ago, and we're it's, just following suit at this point. I will say this: I like the characters in this a lot more than I like any of the characters in the movie we're about to talk about. Though, <laughs> rewatching it years after I watched it the first time, and I was already fairly old when it came out. Well, I was not a teenager at the time. At least, well, yeah, around that. Yeah, no, I was no longer. Yeah, I don't were, care. But anyway. <laughs> Well, I didn't see it exactly when it came out. Okay. Yeah, rewatching it now, it's... I don't know, Coda kind of really annoyed me. Yep. Like, Coda always really annoyed me. Yeah, it's... Coda it, is really annoying. Like, he should have totally ditched him. Yeah. It's, he sucked. Or at best kept him as, you know, taken care of him as a human. They don't need to talk to each other. He should have given him as a sacrifice to his brother. Yeah. <laughs> I guess wow. I can actually go for the plot. So if you haven't seen this, no one knows what we're talking about because I just made up something. Yeah. Is that is that bad? Okay, so the plot is there's a bunch of Eskimo indigenous people, and there is an incident where one of the main character's older brother dies to a bear, and it's kind of the main character's fault. So the main character swears revenge and goes and kills the bear, and he almost killed himself, and then he gets turned into a bear by the Aurora Borealis, and then he... Since he's a bear, he becomes some of the younger bear that ends up being the child of the mother bear he killed. And then he has to make peace with the animals, and then the movie ends. And he just stays a bear. That's important. He gets turned back into a person. His brother is like, you're back. And he's like, I think I'd rather be a bear, actually. And then he's like, okay, that's cool. Because real brothers are less important than jiving, obnoxious little twitbag bears. And so he does, and it's terrible. I'm, yeah. I'm still so angry about that ending <laughs> it like it, it's made worse just, knowing what happens in the, at the end of the sequel <laughs> well i don't i don't think about person. that thank goodness but yeah it's they turn back into a person or do they turn the girl into a bear they turn yeah. the girl into a bear so there can be some bear on bear action Ugh. yep that's barely legal <laughs> Boo! <laughs> ah. Yeah, um, I will. That's the only joke you're gonna hear in these movies. It's good. <laughs> yeah, there is one one thing, uh, one more for the things I liked. The scene where he starts to realize it w that it was him that killed the mother. I thought that was well done. Yeah, they completely ruined it because yep. the moment that's supposed to be them reconciling, he starts, and then it just plays a song over it. Instead yeah. of actually figuring out reconciling, which is like seeing if his character, like what growth happened to his character and how the other character will react to the Coda, mm. obnoxious little douchebag. And then it just cuts to them all being sad and the moose. <laughs> yeah, I. That, that's, that part. Hey felt there, very, little buddy. <laughs> that part. They say, felt... hey, 400 times. Did you get it? It's because they're Canadian. Mm. I actually had the subtitles on and I checked. Every single line has A in it by them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That that part felt like the screenwriter realized he had no idea how to write that scene, and then asked them to just put a song there. 
Like, does he forgive him? Is he mad? And if so, why? Like, does he actually have a connection? What are these characters thinking? And then that's like the point of the freaking movie, you. Yeah, and then, <sighs> and then the, and then he learned. What if and the beast ended with Belle and Beast? Like, you know, when they have that big discussion, and he decides he can let her go because he loves her. What if instead Belle was like, "My father's in danger," and then he goes, she goes to Beast, and like a Phil Collins song starts playing, and then she just leaves. And then, and then Beast says, "I don't want to hear this anymore." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Beast says, "I don't want to hear it anymore." And then the I don't film like this. Keeps going. Ugh. Made the movie better. Would that have worked? No, it would not have been better. I I think I no no it would not have worked. It's not the part in Lilo and Stitch where she sings the Aloha song to her his sister, and it's like literally the most impactful part in the entire film. What if instead of her singing it, they just sat in a hammock and started talking, and then Phil, Phil Collins started <laughs> a song over them talking, and so you couldn't understand what was actually going on emotionally between the characters. Mm. Don't you wish you could do this in books where it's like, oh, important scene I'm about to write, insert song! Bill Collins, because he's (laughs) the best. Please read the lyrics of the song rather than actually getting any emotional payoff of these characters. Where Simba talks to Mufasa and he has this giant epiphany on, like, his purpose of destiny, like, what he needs to do. What if, like, instead of (laughs) talking... What if, like, the clouds parted and Simba Jesus emerged and then Phil Collins just started singing and you couldn't hear anything that they were singing? No. And then Simba leaves? No, Cloud... Says, more of this and just runs away. No, no, Cloud Phil Collins appears and elbows Cloud Mufasa out of the scene. <laughs> hey, I got the Academy Award. <laughs> Stop <laughs> I I like our version of Disney movies where Phil Collins slowly takes over everything. About the end of Hunchback, where he like holds Esmeralda's body over and like the to the Capitol and yells "Sanctuary," and it's like a big important moment. What if he lifts up his body and all of a sudden, instead, Phil Collins starts singing a magical <laughs> song about the truest of love and how hard life was if you're ugly Hunchback man. <laughs> When when Cusco goes to find Pacha in the field and Pacha's talking to the llamas, instead of hearing Pacha talking, it's just the song and you can't yes. hear what Pacha says. Actually, and that's, he's like, that's he's even yelling. closer. <laughs> he's like, oh, you ready to go home? Yes! <laughs> hmm. Disney, hire us. We have ideas. <laughs> Would you we like to make- return to the glory days of Brother Bear? We have three amazing authors. I apologize to our listeners where that joke was clearly taken probably 14 steps too far, but we're talking about Brother Bear. What the hell else am I supposed to talk about? The movie's freaking awful. I don't know what the point is. Like, it's the point that humans and animals are the same because they're not. Like, yep. as Derek pointed out, there should be a Brother Bear 2 where a bear turns into a person after killing a person. And has to <laughs> people are nice. Like, but that's not the case. This is apparently a one-sided thing. What the heck? Why Why did he need to stay a bear at the end? Like, this is this just drives me crazy. One, being the oldest brother, I hate when the oldest brother gets killed off in these Disney movies from I here am, on out. I am not a fan of that myself. I hate that. And number what? two, oh. he has a brother. Like, a human brother. He needs to be a human again. Coda can be taken care of by all the other bears who actually like him. Yeah, um, his brother is the, uh, middle brother was way too cool with how things turned out like oh, completely yeah 
Also, it's, spirit, older brother, no. You're not going to be like, yeah, brother, good job turning into a bear. You're like, turn back into a human, you idiot. Also, he turned into a bird, spirit, older brother. But when you see uh, Koda's mom, who's a bear, she doesn't turn into, like, some other animal. Why does she get because, to save the same animal? Because she, her spirit animal is the animal she already is. <laughs> well, what if my spirit animal is a human? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, <laughs> One thing, yeah, I... I was kind of, yeah, I kind of find it weird because it's like, does this happen every time a human kills an animal? Because you can't tell me that there are no hunters that were not angry at the animal they were hunting before this point. Like Brother rabbit. Yeah, I was hey, like, so, what about, let's, like, okay, sorry, keep going. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I would hate to be a fisherman in this world because apparently you turn into a fish every single time. Brother fish. Coming soon. And you have to take care of all the eggs. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> okay, let's look at this film from, like, a structural perspective, right? Because there are elements in here that are, are a movie. So, in these types <laughs> like of there films, are elements of this conversation that are a podcast, kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. They're not, they don't fit together very well, but they're there. <laughs> um, so, I, the, the youngest brother clearly is, like, He's kind of arrogant, he's headstrong, and he, it causes his older brother to die because of his recklessness and his desire to be important, right? Like, that's his, that's his character weakness. Like, it's very clearly established what his faults are. But nothing to do with being friends with a little orphan bear has anything to do with these character problems. No. Like, fix any of those character problems. Like, I don't want to compare it to Aladdin because that movie is going to stay at the top of the list. But, like, <laughs> Aladdin has very clear character misconceptions. Like, he, he he views himself as lowly because of his wealth and his status, and he feels that being rich and having status is more makes someone a better person right. to a certain extent. And he also is a little, you know, headstrong and kind of could use a little bit of humility and understanding both himself and and, you know, princess jasmine like what her needs are in that regard and so you his arc ties into these character flaws that are established early on and they tie into the film and so he has good resolution to his his character arc what what happened with this movie as like they just forgot like when they turned him into a bear like what so the answer to his recklessness is to become the surrogate mother of a bear well, it, that, that's how you get over your recklessness well, by I becoming a surrogate mom. I feel like the movie at some point decided that the thing he needs to get over was his hatred of bears, which <laughs> is, it's, I mean, quite frankly, it's understandable. Bears got his fish. But, well, that's actually a scene that makes annoyed me because it's like not only did he do it, did he tie the basket up poorly – but if he didn't, he just didn't go back, yeah. If Come he did on, just left idiot. and not realized it, it would have been like, oh yeah, he was thoughtless. But there, that makes him look even worse. He didn't go back and do it right, and and like he lost his brother. That should have been a moment of self-reflection, not blaming the bears. Like I could understand that being like the start, but he needs to be self-reflective and realize that his actions killed not only his brother but the mother of. This obnoxious yeah. little twit he's hanging out with. Yeah, I. That being said, around that part of the movie, I did like the moment where his, um, his remaining older brother, where he tells him that he doesn't blame the bear. 
I love that that line actually had subtext, and I thought that part was well done. Yeah, but then he, he says he doesn't blame the bear, and then he chases his brother bear hmm. around for the entire movie. So he was just full of crap. But wasn't he chasing the brother bear because he thought that the bear had killed the little brother? Yeah. Yeah, but he said he didn't blame the bear the other time. Why Why is he blaming it for this one? Because well, now he's lost both his brothers. Besides the he plot requires it. Well, it's, well, he still loses his brother because his brother decides to stay as a bear. <sighs> don't remind me. <laughs> no, it's... I, I don't know. I it's, swear, if any of my brothers... Just bears and bears. live in harmony from now on? Because he goes in the cave... Like, and puts his paw print on it. Well, bears and humans do attend the wedding at the end of the second movie. No, we're not discussing yeah, non-canon. <laughs> no. terrible. I freaking... I didn't hate it as much as I thought I did until I started talking about it. And I was willing to give it a chance. I, there have been movies on this list that I thought would suck, like Tarzan and other movies. And they weren't as bad. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. There were movies that I was surprised because I thought I would hate them. Like, I thought I was going to hate Hunchback because of the gargoyles. It was totally fine. Like, and the gargoyles still suck, but still. <laughs> I, I feel like I gave this movie a fair shake, and this is just speaking for myself here. Mm. And I think it completely disappointed me in every possible way. And I think I hate it. Well, okay, that might, that might be harsh. I don't hate it like I hate Atlantis or, like, the other movie we watched. I mean, but it's so mediocre. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think we get angrier about media, about mediocrity and lost opportunities than we do about some other stuff. But I don't know if this had like a lot of opportunity besides it looked nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know there were elements there that I thought because it's like you know it's a story about murder and revenge and redemption. You those tend to be things that work well in a story. They just didn't do it right. It's bad. Yeah. I didn't like it. Not, also, the song is terrible. Yeah. I, I, I can agree with James that the Find Your Way song is okay, minus having the kids start singing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was, at that, when he started singing, I was like, and I welcome the sweet, merciful release of death. Oh, hey, Phil Collins. That's a, that's a close second. I'll take it. <laughs> a close second? Phil who Collins is me, Cerez, who played Coda and has done nothing since. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I'm sorry, his career probably is ruined by this film. Yeah, I I kind of Jack Phoenix bounced back. <laughs> Who bounced? He was back? in her. That's like isn't, the best movie the last couple of years. Isn't Keanu Reeves in this film? Uh, no, Marco Clark Duncan is. Rick Moranis. Keanu Reeves was in this film for some reason. I see him on this cat. Like, who did you think he was? I don't know. For some reason, I thought he was in this film. <laughs> Maybe that's what got me through it, wondering who he was playing. <laughs> well, now that you're through it, he's not on the cast list. So. <laughs> Whoops. Um, let's just go to final thoughts. Do we really yeah. want to waste more time? No. Not really. Because we have to get on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I'll just, I'm not going to waste any more time. It, I give it two stars. It, it's, not, it's not the worst Disney film. It is just completely mediocre. I would probably give it one star. If we had not watched the other film we watched this week, and I want to make send a message <laughs> to that <laughs> film about what it is and how much I freaking hate it, uh, so yeah. it's two stars with a little asterisk next to it, meaning that one additional star is only because of Home on the Range. Hmm. Don't watch it; it's bad. 
There's better Disney movies you can put your kids in front of. There's so many better. James. Amen. Echo that. I think... Uh, I have to give it a rating. Probably two stars, I guess. Isn't that what you gave Oliver and Company? No, I gave Oliver and Company one star. And I would rather watch this one than Oliver and Company. Just putting that what? on the record. Maybe we should make you watch Oliver and Company again after watching this. Maybe maybe we should. I just... I'd rather watch... <laughs> I I like the characters like equally in both movies, so aka I hate them all. Um, <laughs> but I would rather watch the forests and the bears than the city and the animals. I I, I personally That's, put those two movies about these two movies. I'm almost the same level, like almost exactly. Yeah, I well it's completely mediocre. That's just my bias, though. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch something outside than New York City. <laughs> And I'm aware of that. I, I understand. Take that, yeah. New York. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I feel like I have... I'm more generous than the rest of you guys in far as insofar as my opinion. Four stars. No, not <laughs> four, four stars. stars. It's going to be two stars. I was thinking maybe I should put it at three, but I think... I do still think I like Oliver and Company better than this movie. It... I mean, I do prefer movies that are set outside to New York, like James does, but overall, Oliver and Company is a better put-together movie than this one. So, yeah, I'd say two stars is a fair assessment. Oliver and Company has Cheech in it. (laughs) Dean, I hated Cheech as much as I disliked the moose. (laughs) Dave's not home, man. Yeah. <laughs> Obligatory reference. That was not. That was the worst Cheech impression I've heard in my entire life. Confession yep, time. That. I have only ever seen parodies of that skit. <laughs> all right, let's put it on the big list. Yes, the big list. Let's all fight. All right. I don't even know why I'm going to read the first like ten no, of just, these. Just read the bottom three. All right. So I'm going to read the bottom four for some okay. context. Okay. We put Treasure Plant above the Little Mermaid. I believe I was <laughs> not the one that did that, but um, <laughs> I wonder who could be responsible. <laughs> okay, thirteen is the Little Mermaid. Fourteen is Atlantis. Fifteen is Oliver and Company, and sixteen is Pocahontas. I think Pocahontas, as much as I hate it, is a better movie than Brother Bear. I think we will Damn. get lynched if we put Brother Bear above Pocahontas. I, I think maybe people have been patient with us, but this would be the last straw. So. I okay, agree. But the, the four listeners we have are probably not going to lynch us. According to the stats, it's ten. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah, but but that that's by the time this episode comes out, they'll have to tolerate it with us putting the Little Mermaid beneath <laughs> Treasure Planet and the, the rescuers down under. So I don't think they're still listening. I wouldn't still listen. I you cannot remember. Lion King. You put snow dogs on the top of the list. Like a Tony meme. There you go. Now we don't have to talk about snow dogs. Yeah. This, this at the bottom. Yeah. This is the easiest week as far as the list is concerned. James, do you have strong opinions on Brother Bear being above Oliver and Company and Pocahontas? No, because I would, I would put Pocahontas above both of them and then Brother Bear and then Oliver and Company. But... They all deserve to be on the bottom. I'm yeah, sorry, for the, no, for the viewers uh, listening, viewers, for the listeners listening, 
<laughs> for I, the viewers listening. I don't I don't make YouTube videos. Um the don't like if you're preparing mean tweets, like the everything beneath the little mermaid is just bad. So yeah. don't say about it. Like the order is kind of not as important. Well, except for the next film, which is <laughs> a nice spot where it's going to be put, and it will never move from that spot ever again. So at least there's, you know, some – at least in these troubled times, you will have some certainty of knowing the next film is never going to be dislodged. Okay, but it might, though. Until we hit Disney sequels. Um, but, until we but, Brother Bear 2. What about Chicken Little? That's a good point. Come but on. it has Patrick in it instead of Roseanne. So it might beat it out. You're right. Oh, All right. No. So a, um, I'm going to quickly burn through the list for our listeners who are curious, I guess. We have what a it. end. What? Just do it at the end. Okay, can... fine. At the end. It's a surprise. Yeah. Speaking of surprises, Disney hits another home run in 2004. <laughs> after April Fool's Day, because we wish it was a fool. Bust a moo, April 2nd is the tagline because bust the move is just oh my gosh how did this movie fail it had a better opening weekend than brother bear um oh it did wait maybe oh. let me check uh. it made 13 million it's opening weekend that's not supposed to be oh my gosh that's insane anyway this is home on the range starring roseanne it's rated pg it's an hour and 16 minutes long it feels like it's freaking 47 hours long yep um <laughs> The movie's about cows. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like uh, cows as your main characters in a film, dairy cows specifically, um, uh, you'll love this film. Uh, no, because I wouldn't mind cows being a main character I'm in other films. This year, uh, if you could not interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying. Um, well, in this Disney animated classic, uh, Roseanne is a show cow, which is pretty appropriate. Hey, um, <laughs> and uh, her ranch is bought out by an evil man. Um, she moves to a place called, literally called Patch of Heaven, because you know subtlety. And there's some other cows there. One's British and uptight for no reason, and one's an idiot. And. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Literally the second after Roseanne shows up, they're about to get foreclosed, and Grandma's going to get kicked out of her nice CG-rendered house. <laughs> um, so the cows go on a magical journey to a town to get some money, because that's how cows work. Uh, they're going to go like the fair, but instead they decide to go catch a famous outlaw and uh, who is wrestling cattle. And you find out that this cattle wrestler's secret plan is to wrestle everyone's cattle. <laughs> that sounded wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then that, was, that was bad. Buy all their property. Um, and its reason isn't just for wealth, it's be- for revenge. But we don't know against who. <laughs> uh, and so the cows um, track him down with the help of a rabbit who has lost his home in a mine, and then a bison says they can't go in if they're horses, but cows can. So they go in, and they stuff their ears with cotton so that the uh, bad guy who yodels is yodeling his cows so he can go uh, wrestle them. And then they put the cows on a train, but then the cows uh, save the cows that are on the train, and then a horse helps, and then the train drives to the farm where it uh, 
crashes, and then chickens attack the bad guy, and so does the goat, and uh, they get money, cows get money, somehow, for catching cows a bad guy. get money, somehow. For catching the bad guy, and then uh, they get to keep the farm, but everyone else is uh, still out of their farms, so that sucks, and... I hate this movie. <laughs> hmm. uh, how does it end? They go to the fair and everyone gets a first prize because they're all millennials. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is that is accurate. Makes a joke because we're millennials, so sh- shut up, uh, other millennials. We <laughs> love you. <laughs> Down boomers. That's you I think all the- get participation awards for listening to this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, to, yes. In in their defense, I kind of feel like they deserve it. At the end, uh, they eat avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually what happened. Prove us wrong, listeners. You know you never watched it. I never watched this. No one watched this movie because it's freaking the worst. Except okay, for- wait. Can I can I say that I did watch this one before? Of course you did. <laughs> because here's here's what happened. Let me tell you. Let me give you some backstory on me. James and be like, you know what? Today I just feel like busting a move. And then you went and bought Home on the Range on Blu-ray and watched no, I it. Did not on Blu-ray. Um, so I was on this uh, Disney website uh, during high school, and I wrote v- reviews for Disney movies on there. And it's still around. You can go find my reviews. Huh. Anyway, so we were talking a lot about this movie coming out, and everyone was dreading it pretty hardcore. Because it had been through development hell, literally. And it was supposed to be called Sweating Bullets. But it was supposed to be Sweatin' Bullets. But then the executives made them put the G back in because Sweatin' wasn't you know appropriate for the Disney brand. And as all this was going on, uh, Roy E. Disney, who was Walt's nephew, did the whole Save Disney campaign and tried to oust Michael Eisner and was really mad about this movie. <laughs> So a couple years after this movie came out, I finally sat down and watched it, and I was like, "No, it was it was literally as bad as I was expecting. This was the worst." And so rewatching it again was awful. That's my backstory to this this movie. I've never seen this movie because I have taste and tend to actually not watch degenerate filth unless I'm forced to for a podcast. <laughs> uh, I was under the impression that this was going to be terrible, horrific garbage, and uh, not only did it uh, meet all expectations fabulously, uh, it exceeded them. So good job, Home on the Range. You did it. Yeah. Good job. Here's your first prize participation medal for being a massive pile of – can you beep out swear words? Because I want to say one really bad. <laughs> I probably can, but I also don't want to put the effort into learning how. Oh, it's not that hard. It's a pile of poop, Derek. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, I'd never seen this movie before. I'm very bad at detecting when a movie is going to be bad, but I, I could tell this did not look like a good movie, so I did not watch it. Then, uh, well, it's entirely you my watched. fault, so I watched it this time for the podcast. It surprised me in the ways that it was bad. <laughs> I, I was expecting bad, but I wasn't expecting... I wasn't expecting it to be quite so crass at points, and it's I'm not like a prude in any stretch of the imagination, but 
Um, I think this movie kind of crossed the line as far as kids' movies go. We have to say good things. Um, I have a good thing. I okay. do, too. Yes. Hopefully, it, I bet we have is. the same good thing, but go ahead. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, well, actually, you know, I really liked the part at the end where Dewey sees the picture of his mom. What in the hell are you talking about? Um, <laughs> DuckTales podcast. Would, oh, yeah! <laughs> would, would this be a bad time to admit I watched DuckTales instead of this? That's not actually accurate. I did watch this movie. So this is an accurate <laughs> review, but I it wish I was done. Good job. <laughs> like, I was like, what? In the, what? <laughs> I have no idea what you've been talking about anymore. I hate this movie. Okay, I'm going to say what I actually liked. I liked that he yodeled. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. He had like a he had like a villain song that was building up to something, and then he turns out to be like this big gay yodeler, and I freaking <laughs> loved it. And his musical number is like freaking tripping balls. I mean, I could do less with dancing cows, hypnotized cows with their tongues out. Like, that was uncomfortable but like him being this weird crazy yodeler like and then they beat the joke into the ground yeah which made it not funny but the reveal of that was actually really funny it it was and the the yodel was actually really catchy it stuck in my head yeah i i like saying it for us no yodeling is an art as we've learned (laughs) yeah and as he explained to his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, <laughs> prove me Dang. wrong. Those are exactly what they are. No, because they're idiots. <laughs> yeah, but they're like color-coded the same ass. way. Who are you? Ooh, what a funny joke. Let's bring it back 17 times because it's never not funny when people are dumb like that. The first Bull. the first time it happened, I was like trying Hashtag to decide. utterly hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. First, first time it happened, I was trying to decide if it was funny or stupid. But by the 17th time, I was like, yeah, this is stupid. Um, if they'd only done it one time, it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, there is one. There is one other um, positive that I have. It was actually related to the movie and not Duck yes. It's only an hour and sixteen minutes. That is true. That's like that's less than ninety minutes. Yeah, that's like seventy-six. That's like not even a movie. So that's yeah. a plus. It felt so much longer, but yeah. Um, the one positive that I did have is that I actually thought Rico was kind of cool, a cool character, even though he didn't do anything, and the entire point was he was supposed to be exaggeratedly cool. But I still thought, yeah, I'd watch a movie... You know, I would watch a movie that follows him instead and takes itself completely seriously. Is Rico the horse or the bad guy? Uh, he's the bounty hunter. That, spoilers, oh, well. in a very weak twist, turns out to be a bad guy, too. So yeah, like, that was just dumb. Like, why would he be pursuing him if... Uh, he was on the same side. Yeah. He was standing guard, I think, maybe. Yeah, but he has this giant buffalo to do that for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're... <sighs> okay, hey, I hey you I have to like. like this movie less than Oliver Company, because if you scored Oliver Company low because of one cat whistle, cat call from Dodger, like, this movie is like sexual harassment of cows is a movie. Oh, it, it's really <laughs> bad, and I... 
Spoiler mm. alert, I like this one less than Auburn Company. Mm. Oh my gosh, we did it! <laughs> Hooray! Like, uh, that entire I scene. I something I liked. Oh, really? I liked the style of the animals on the farm. I hated the cows, though. I... No, like, that, they're the worst. But, like, the way they drew the pigs and the chickens and stuff, I thought they were drawn well. Yeah, they were satisfactory Disney animals. Well, I liked it because it felt like Disney, but, like, from the 50s. Kind of like a throwback to some of the really old yeah. cartoons. So mm. I did like that. I like the design. Look, of... I found something to, to say I liked about this movie. <laughs> I did That's like amazing. I did like the design of the uh, rabbit, um, the Jack Rabbit or whatever. Even <laughs> Sorry, though, rabbit. even though was so it was so weird that a gag character from the beginning becomes the crucial plot point, and he should have been dead because his head was in a rattlesnake's mouth been dead multiple times in that film yeah but if nothing else he was he should have been poisoned like you don't you don't survive rattlesnake poison unless you're a human that knows you're complaining how to about it. this in a movie where cows like do karate on a guy and a horse does ninja <laughs> moves on a man and he lives and the cows you're complaining about this movie where cows drive a train <laughs> You're complaining about a rattlesnake biting a rabbit in a movie okay. where cows well, are driving a train. Cows and driving a train. And hypnotize cows and magically make them bounce around. Nathan? Cows driving a train is more realistic than a rabbit getting bit by a rattlesnake and not dying. Yeah. Um. Consider this review <laughs> a five-course meal. That complaint was the hors d'oeuvre. Well, we can't complain too much because we'd be here all day. It would be longer than the length of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's so we have to con- we have to we have to you know yeah so um well, solid our hate yeah um I think I'm gonna consolidate a good chunk of my hate on like one of the first lines in the movie where she talks <laughs> the one that made G instead yeah. of G that one yeah the one where she says yeah they're real quit staring and I'm like dear Lord Almighty what have you done <laughs> Disney. Hey, we're sexualizing cows in the first line. That means it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> Is that what they say these days? Yeah. That oh, probably. Oh dear. Apparently. Yeah, I maybe we should focus on because let's not kid ourselves. We're way out of the like section, but let's focus on the three main characters and their interactions. Uh-huh. How about we never speak of them again and pretend like we complained about them for a half hour? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the characters. One of the characters is Roseanne. She has no character development whatsoever. Zero. And she exists to say unfunny and really annoying things, just like in the Roseanne show. Actually, I thought the Roseanne show was all right. This is just uh, grating. Mm-hmm. Then we, we have the Roseanne show back. I don't know. Are they? I, I don't care. So. Anyway, then we have Judy Dench as Miss Calloway. <laughs> was her. <laughs> and uh, her her job is to be the snobby British one that hates Roseanne. And no matter what happens in the entire movie, she will always be against Roseanne. Just even if Roseanne was right occasionally. Even if Roseanne was right, and even if she she is literally the the one that actually lives on the farm that needs to be saved. She's willing to give up just to spite Roseanne for no reason. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like the level-headed one. So that makes a lot of sense. And then the third cow is an idiot. Yeah. And that's and she sings bad. And because she sings bad, somehow her singing has something to do with being hypnotized, not being hypnotized by a yodeler, because that's how music works when you don't have good pitch. 
you somehow can't also not recognize good sounding music because those okay. are related. Maybe that's Wait, why I, just... I hate modern music. James, you're like a bad. You have like a doctorate in this. Is that true? <laughs> no, not at all. I just realized something though. That's the question though, is What's it true that? for cows? Yes, uh, oh. as a speech therapist, I can confirm. This is okay. true for cows. Well, at least I got that right. What I just realized that the cows are us. Oh, uh, no I, way. I immediately take offense to this. I, I'm Miss Calloway, and Nathan's Roseanne. Derek's the dumb one? I knew <laughs> it. I knew this would go there. <laughs> well, it's better than being Roseanne. Because anything Nathan says, I'll just disagree. <laughs> no, no, we must save the podcast. Derek Jason is more of the karate horse. Who is also the Jason movie. is the karate horse. What? Jason's the karate horse. Jason's not on this podcast. Nobody knows karate who Jason Jason's. is. Oh gosh. Cuba Jr. is the karate horse. Oh jeez, it was it was as if Kuzco got turned into a horse this time and lost all the funny. Yeah, there, yeah, no, I hated yeah. that horse. I, you know, one of the moments that kind of made, kind of broke me, was the moment where the conflict kind of comes to a head—the personal conflict between um, Mrs. McGonagall, Professor McGonagall, Cow, and other. Roseanne. Yeah, Roseanne. Totally different actress, but okay. It, yeah, but it's like where she starts blaming it's like Cow because it's M from Sky Falling Casino Royale. No. Oh, yeah, that is true. But yeah, it's when she's blaming Roseanne for, oh, the farm the is, yeah, right after the flash flood where she's blaming her, oh, we're going to lose the farm because of you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it was going to happen anyway. What the hell were you doing, cow? What were you doing to fix it? At least she tried. Uh-huh. Like, but also, what did she do to make them lose the farm? They would have lost the farm whether or not she yeah. had shown up. Yeah. See, here's the easy solution for that idiot who runs the farm. Freaking Roseanne is a show cow that's probably worth more than the farm is worth, and you just got her for free. So turn around and pawn her off, mm-hmm. like, and then save the farm. There you go. Or sell the chicks. Yeah, sell all the pets, animals. She's running a freaking hippie commune. She's not going to sell the animals. She loves them too much. But do not realize that the pigs are only worth it if you eat them. Yeah, like, that's true. They don't give milk or anything. Like, you gotta just eat those dumb pigs. Pigs like, make more pigs. That is the extent of their value. Pigs also make delicious bacon. That is what they do. Mm-hmm. As if they are that, just in bodies. Yeah, it's... I uh, apologize all our vegan listeners, but... Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> bacon is delicious. Yeah, it's... There's... Yeah, there... Ah, jeez. This movie... This... I'll tell you what this movie is. Are you ready? I'm yeah, sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, go ahead. I had nothing. A lot of little <laughs> moments of fake character development that are scenes that are not actually interconnected in any like logical way. Things just happen, and then they stop happening, and then it moves on to another thing that happens. It... And none of it actually has any progression or relevance to the overall story, especially not character development. Like, mm-hmm. for example, the hyperactive horse gets dumped by Rico because he's an idiot. And then, two, you know, four scenes later, he's telling the horse that Rico got that Rico's a crazy person, so he should run away. So the guy does. And now Crazy Horse is back with Rico. Like, both those scenes had no point. 
There was no character development. There was no anything. They're not even really connected because in the end, he's still with Rico. So there's no point. It's like mm-hmm. nothing actually means anything. Like after watching Brother Bear, where they just effed up one character's entire plot progression, at least that movie like had a goal kind of in terms of where right. the characters need to be. And they got, you know, they had to go with the salmon run. And then that happened. Like, but nothing in this movie. Even even at the beginning, the cow's initial goal, which is like a quarter, third of the way through the movie, is to go win a prize at the fair to get the money. And then they just change their minds when they show up in town. Mm. Like, why could they have just thought of getting the villain at the beginning? Like, what was it, the fake out? It felt like it was like a patchwork of, of scripts that maybe worked, maybe didn't. And then they just slapped it all together and were like, okay, release it. Yeah, um... You know, no one likes cows. We <laughs> well, we like them for one thing, and that's about it. Two things: beef and milk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, you know how we said that Brother Bear was very formulaic. This movie is a pastiche of the formula. It's someone attempting to do the formula and forgetting to connect the dots between the bullet points on the formula. It was like they threw every movie we'd seen before in a blender and added the Western. This movie has 15 credited writers. Okay, that kind of explains some things to me, though. 15! That's insane! That's crazy. That's unheard of. Probably not. (laughs) Holy Toledo. Yeah, that's all I got. (laughs) I don't know. How many wrote Brother Bear? I'm going to check. I mean, you can you can uh, talk while I do this because take. Yeah, no worries. It says it has twenty three writers credits. What? Um, Brother Bear. Uh huh. How did twenty three manage to make a more coherent story in where fifteen didn't? Here's the thing. Um, there's a difference between writers and like people credited for additional story elements, which yeah. is like like scenario. Yeah, like uh, storyboarding they, gives you a story right. credit. So the screenplay of Brother Bear is written by five people. Okay. This one doesn't say – this one says it was written by two people but with six other people credited as story writers. I don't know. It's IMDb. Well, they but get... when, they, when they credit people with story credits, doesn't that mean that they've participated often in writing previous drafts of the mm, script? Not necessarily. A bunch of two. No, because – yeah, it does, Derek, I think. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, because I've heard things about, like, say, for example, a director comes in and finishes up, like, some extra reshoots, but they can't be credited as a director, so they get credited for story. Which, so, it, I don't know, it kind of feels sometimes like they give story credit away like candy. Uh, maybe. Yeah, because who would not want to be credited for Busta Moo, Disney's Home on the Range? Hmm. I mean, I guess if you need something to be credited for... <laughs> I need to get into the writers, the Screenwriters Guild somehow. I like Steve Buscemi, and I'm sad he was in this movie. And I'm sad he was in this movie. He was in he Monsters, was... Inc., at least, or earlier. So I guess mm. he has that going for him. Mm. But So how many, of the, uh, how many of the writing credits are Alan Smithy? I don't know. I'm going to look... Did Alan Smithy write this movie? 
<laughs> it was no. written by the directors. No, Alan, well, Alan Smithy is the credit, what you see on the credits when somebody doesn't want oh, their yeah. name appearing on it. I, I think they fired that. I think they swapped it because everyone figured out that was what it was. And they, they, have have a new, they have a new name now, I think, for that. But mm. Yeah, this... I mean, there's so much to say about this movie, but at the same time, I can't focus on one single... Well... Just don't watch it. Like, it's it's really bad. Like, yeah. The hype, it's terrible. And it's terrible, like Derek said, in new and surprising ways that you don't think it would be terrible. It's also incredibly boring. It's aged worse than any of the films we've seen. Yeah. Which is crazy because it's the youngest one that we've seen so far. Even and it has aged the worst. Like not as aged as this movie's humor, which is weird. Hercules <laughs> definitely feels aged. Yeah. Yeah. This... No, but this this one feels like it's just like all the worst things about 2004. It's it feels like I don't know. It feels like Roseanne tried to do what Robin Williams did, and Robin Williams was a much better stand-up comedian. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't get like her, like the genie. I felt like had a particular shtick. Like Robin Williams kind of had a theme that his jokes kind of rode around. And I didn't like what was the theme with Roseanne's like being annoying. Like, and I don't hate female comedians. I, there's a lot of female comedians I really enjoy, and I actually don't mind Roseanne that much. But but the character of the cow is just so poorly written. Yeah, she's supposed to be, like, arrogant because she's a show cow. Mm. Or she's supposed to be, like... But then she's not? Yeah, and she's supposed to be... Like, usually with that, you tie that with, like, gross incompetence, right? But she's very competent Mm -hmm. for a cow. Like It really should have been... The comedy should have only been the the dumb cow. Because while it doesn't work super well, it works better than trying to make... Miss Calloway and the other cow funny. Like, quipping off each other. Yeah, Yeah. because they weren't... Their quips just... Yeah, I actually... The most chuckles I got were from that yodel scene, and I actually kind of thought, yeah, the dumb cow was kind of funny. Like, because she was just so calm and normal with these lunatic other cows that are just freaking out over everything constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, they did give the dumb cow, like, some redeeming qualities... Mm-hmm. Like, being able to not hear the yodel while stupid and totally unrelated to whether or not you can sing is a redeeming quality. You know, it gave her a fo- hoof up. <laughs> compared <laughs> to the others. They didn't yeah. do much with it, though. No. They shouldn't do have. anything with it, really. They didn't do anything yeah. with anything, but there is that. Yeah, it's... Out of all of them, yeah, I would say that I would could bear to watch a couple more minutes of her, but not of the others. I didn't mind the uh, bison. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I yeah I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So I like them better than the steer. Also, the end of this movie ends with them laughing off the sexual harassment and just hanging and out, inviting with... them over. Hmm. Yeah. That yeah. that whole scene of them, like, okay, I'm not usually like I don't care that Oliver Wolf whistled or not Oliver Dodger Wolf whistled in Oliver and Company or Cat Called. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think it fits his character. I think it's funny. Like, and you know, that's not my opinion on actual cat calling, but in that movie, I thought it was okay. That kind of stuff doesn't usually bother me. Them walking through the cow, the bulls, and like 
the Bulls like trying to flirt with them in really gross and weird ways. Like that was uncomfortable. Like yep. mm-hmm. it was kind of gross. I it wasn't funny. You could have made it funny. Yeah, it wasn't. It felt. I mean, it. This is weird to say, but it felt too real. Like this is the kind of interaction that happens in real life, and it. Yeah, it's just. It ugh. wasn't a comedic take on it. It really wasn't. It was. Yeah, it was the Seth MacFarlane approach of comedy, which is show a thing as it actually happens and then don't make a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So do either of you think this movie is redeemable in more capable hands or is it just a dumpster fire no matter what? Like, is there any way to fix this film? The basic concept could have possibly, I mean, I don't mind the location. I think that like, like in Oklahoma, not really wild West, but kind of like that era of ranching area Mm-hmm. And like cattle wrestling and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, but not. I mean, that's different from like way out west. This seems more like an Oklahoma, it's more like Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good location and has its own mythos, like mythology, that mm-hmm. of like ghost riders and stuff that could be kind of cool. Like you could have done something with that. Yeah, and I didn't mind the song. Like the songs are completely unforgettable, but I didn't mind them. They were oh. just boring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought of one other thing that I liked. Um, I liked the. Uh, the Chinese character, when he just ties the cows up to him, and he's like, oh, wow, free cows. What a country. <laughs> I did like that, too. And Racists. Wait, Derek, sorry. I interrupted you when you were going to answer James's question about if there's something in this film like that could be salvageable or yeah, whatever. It's, well, I'd like to say that the concept of three cows becoming bounty hunters is funny, and you could do something with it, but again... I don't enjoy looking at any of those characters, and I don't particularly enjoy looking at cows very much. So, honestly, maybe if you had have told this story and instead of it being cows, it was humans, maybe it would have been something a little better. What if it was the horse? What if the horse was actually <sighs> enjoyable and then he became a bounty hunter? I... Like a movie about a horse that's a bounty hunter's horse and, like, the bounty hunter gets killed or something and the horse goes out to help or something like that. Maybe kind of – yeah, maybe kind of a Green Hornet kind of of angle where you got the bounty hunter who's a moron and then the Mm -hmm. horse who's actually competent. And I – replace the horse in this movie with Maximus from Tangled. I, I'd watch that. Yeah, I just make it like give it like a Lone Ranger vibe, except it's a horse. Yeah, exactly. And the, the Lone Ranger is kind of a dork, and so yeah. the horse is the one that actually is the good bounty hunter. Yeah, I that I would watch. I like, well, you could even have the yodeling as like the big reveal, and it would still. Yeah, I mean the yodeling was the best part of the movie, so we can't take that out. And we can cut down Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, remove <laughs> those the cows characters. in general. Yeah, it's. The horse character that we had, um, if he'd have been a little toned down, I could have, I could have taken it. Cause no. it's a very, I mean, the whole he wants to be a bounty hunter, he wants to be a hero. That type of character has been done before and has been done well. He was just too much. Not done well. Yeah, it's. I hated that horse. Yeah, I was. I hate every man. character in this. Movie. I felt like the cows should have been props. You know, like, yeah. not characters. They were the ones being kidnapped. They should have been, like, the could... comedic sidekick where he, where he, 
they keep showing up when he's like riding past them and making a quip like the old men in the Muppets or something. <laughs> right. Or or the dumb cow, you know, he discovers that she is not bothered by the yodeling and so maybe they team up eventually. But like not have her be a main character. Yeah. It's I think one also thing about the horse that I kind of hated was that he wasn't likable. I mean, take away all the poorly done humor. He didn't care about the plight of the main characters, and so it's like he only cared about himself, which made well. He didn't change at the end. He's yeah. still a jerk. Yeah, no, right. And, he's... and he could have captured it with the cows, and then they could have got the reward, and he could have got the glory. Like it still yeah. could have worked out. Mm-hmm. It would take him two seconds. Yeah, it's. Mm. I wonder maybe if the entire farm went with them, because like an entire farm, at farms worth of animals being bounty hunters. You know what? I would just rather watch the Animal Farm cartoon because it's probably the same but better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Animal Farm. It's a good book. It's mm. a good movie. Rent it for your kids. <laughs> Instead of renting this, rent Animal Farm. They can learn about uh, the, the problems with communism instead of the problems with Rosie O'Donnell's – or not Rosie O'Donnell, with Roseanne's <laughs> No, Rosie O'Donnell's a monkey. Roseanne is a cow. We really treat our high-profile female actors well in Disney. Yes. <laughs> Judy Tench is a cow. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. You imagine what that talk with her agent must have gone like. Well, mm. They probably just thought they were in a Disney movie. Like, yeah. At least this isn't one they offered Patrick Stewart and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> no this is the time he would have said yes. Yeah, he would have been like Rico or something. Oh, gosh. I could have seen that. I don't know who played Rico, but he, the little that he did was was funny. I, I did enjoy the bit right as he was taken out, where it's like, is this the end of Rico? <laughs> it, I am struggling really hard to think of things that were. Enjoyable. I didn't like anything. <laughs> this film has left me numb. I literally, at the end of this week, I I did not want to watch another movie for, like, the rest of my life. Like, I'm just kidding. Like, I literally was like, movies were a mistake. Like, this entire medium is just a giant F-up, and we should just burn it. Like, it's done. It's so bad. All right, Mr. Miyazaki, are you going to be around for the next episode? It was a mistake. (laughs) Disney was a mistake. Oh, my God. Yeah. Watch a good movie, right? Aren't um, we? What's next week? We need the Princess and the Frog, right? Am I wrong on this? The sound spoiler. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna watch Princess and the Frog and Winnie the Pooh next week. The last two Disney animated 2D films. Fantasia, we know. Shut up. We'll get back to it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a hybrid anyway. It's fine. Mm. It's an anime. Cut that out. <laughs> 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 stuff and i wanted much this week i was just looked at the anime list loggingly it was like why aren't we watching this like uh, <laughs> it's all derek's fault be strong we'll get there How's soon all derek's fault? i thought this was your idea no it was derek's idea i just dragged you in there. bastard <laughs> i wanted to do a podcast we I forgot doing a podcast. Welcome to Home on the Rage cast, where all we watch is Home on the Rage, Atlantis, and Brother Bear on repeat. Yeah, it's oh, just every single episode is just as I bang my head against the desk. I just put a barrel of gun to my mouth at that point. Anyway, on this friendly children's podcast. <laughs>
What has this movie driven us to? <laughs> so bad. Oh my gosh. I don't usually get mad. Okay, I want to say this. I don't usually get mad at bad movies. Like, no, a lot of times don't. I think they're funny, or I'm just like, oh, this movie's terrible, and I move on with my life. But, like, this was just... It's probably my own fault because I kept pausing it and it took me three days to watch the whole movie. Three because I kept, days? Yeah, I started off – actually, no. I finished it Monday, Tuesday, and I started it the Thursday before. Um, Nathan, no wonder you never want to watch a movie again. <laughs> day breaks because I couldn't handle it. This was not but, a bad evening. This was a bad weekend and a half. I, <laughs> to be fair, like, my week was basically like living this movie, so <laughs> – Who are you? Are you the yodeler or the cow? Oh, the cows for sure. <laughs> are you kidding me? Dumb. Because you had to put put up with a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yes. You are to say bullshit on our podcast. <laughs> I guess I have to figure out how to beep this. It's funnier if you beep, just for the record. Beeping's hilarious. You just beep out random words. Okay, I'm going to say, hey, are Derek, you- suck on. Okay, I'll put a beep right here. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Moving on. Suck on my udders. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I can never drink milk again. You really are the Roseanne cow. Roseanne will make is making your milk. Meanwhile, um, I'm meanwhile I'm retreating into my happy obliviousness think about milking roseanne and you'll be fine anyway moving on i i i am oh i want to cut that i really do but it's also really (laughs) funny but i don't want to do that to our listeners (laughs) they deserve it i mean i'm sorry i'm so sorry for this this is the worst podcast ever made the worst thing we've ever done ever okay we have to finish this trade wreck yeah so um I'm going to – I don't – are zero stars allowed? I know I invented oh. the rating system. No, have, you said it had to be between one and five. Yeah. And this is by far the worst thing we've seen on the show. Oh, like, yeah. But yeah. I was bored during Atlantis. I was just apathetic during Brother Bear. This, I think, broke me, and movies were a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so someone else talk about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I mean – I'm pretty sure by this point I've established myself as wanting to see the best in even bad movies. Uh, the position. I'm on the range. Yeah. No, but I cannot think of anything that was good about this movie besides just, you know, me being generous. So, one star. Oh. I am not giving it two stars. <laughs> so two stars. Brother Bear was significantly better than this movie. It's not a good movie, but it's significantly better than this one. Like, like minus infinity versus minus two hundred. Like, is yep. that like okay? That's fine. I mean, I it's guess like when you're in hell, it doesn't matter if the temperature is set to a hundred degrees or one thousand. Yeah. A hundred degrees is like livable, though a thousand not so much. I beg to differ. I've lived through hundred degrees, and wait, I just darn. Yeah, okay. I ruined my own point. All right, I'm going to give it a one star and actually go on the record as saying this is worse than Oliver and Company, and I'm wrong. Because <laughs> I knew this... that was coming. <laughs> okay, here's a question for you: If the scenes with the with the steer or bowls or whatever had not yeah. happened. Would it be worse than Oliver and Company? And it wouldn't be a movie because it wouldn't have been an hour long. <laughs> um, I will answer that question, Derek. 
Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh gosh, this this has okay. been a week. This has been like such a sucky week, and these movies did not help anything. <laughs> Brother Bear didn't have a villain. No, oh, yeah. it doesn't. The villain was man. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> man <laughs> is the greatest enemy of bears. <laughs> That's actually, you know, that's actually kind of an, an interesting thought that, yeah, it didn't have a villain. I didn't notice. And yet it still told a relatively coherent story without any kind of villain. I think the main character was a villain. Pretty I don't much. Know. What was the, the redemption of a villain? villain was misunderstanding between man and a creature that it can't talk to that killed his brother. The villain okay, was Nathan, the oldest. Take us out. <laughs> the villain was the oldest brother for turning him into a bear. I'm on the range on the bottom. I don't think there's going to be much argument here. No, nope. let's let's hear the list and then I want to go hop in the hot tub or something and actually enjoy my life. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, currently on Quest for the Best, colon, Disney Edition, colon, Suicide Watch, we have... <laughs> one. Are we going to put the Suicide Hotline number in yeah. this line? Yeah, we should joke about that, but we just did, so what are you going to do about it? You didn't watch Home on the Range, listener. Um, number one is Aladdin, number two is Beauty and the Beast, number three is The Lion King, number four is The Hunchback of Notre Dame, number five is Mulan, number six is The Emperor's New Groove, number four is Lilo and Stitch... Number eight is the, number four. Number three is the eight moose great moose detective starring uh, that one guy Rick Moranis as a moose. Number seven is Tarzan. Number ten is Heracles. Number eleven is the Rescuers Down Under. Number twelve is Treasure Planet. Thirteen is the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Fourteen is Atlantis. I don't know how Atlantis is so high. Number fifteen is Oliver and Company. Sixteen is Pocahontas. Why did we put Pocahontas under Oliver and Company? Number 17 is... I told you not to! (laughs) It's too late. Pretty certain it's your fault. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) It's written in the stone. After Pocahontas, we have Brother Bear. And after that, we have Hell itself. (laughs) Known as Home on the Range. I used to say Hell on the Range, and I was like... Oh, I actually think that would make an interesting title. It's a higher IMDb rating. I am I don't remember. Has a higher rating than Home on the Range, just for the record. So I think Chicken Little, which I might be the only movie that'll overthrow this. <laughs> yeah. Dinosaur. I don't think Dinosaur. Dinosaur's not like offensively bad. It's just really boring. Yeah. It's. Uh, yeah, and like I've mentioned, it was betrayed by its excessively good advertisement. Oh, the trailer was really good. It should have just been a trailer. Yeah. It should have just been walking with dinosaurs, let's be honest here. Home on the Range should have just been, like, I don't know, on fire. Seriously, Derek, I'm looking forward to reading your fanfic, Hell on the Range. Through <laughs> <sighs> Hell on the Range, because we had to watch this. All right, well, that was the worst week ever, and I hated it, and I hate this podcast. So if you still want to listen, and you, I, why, and if you don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm at the useless god. Please send me hundreds of those really badly cropped Tumblr gifts from Home on the Range and be like, yeah, Home on the Range is like the best, and freaking Maggie's a feminist icon or something. Just send me that. I want it. Please. I actually do want it. 
Do you guys have Twitter accounts? I was waiting for Derek. Okay, I was waiting for you. Oh. Okay, um, yeah, I am at Burning Lizard on Twitter. Um, yeah, if you like any either of these movies, I'm actually interested to know why. Um, I'll try to avoid telling you you're wrong. I can't promise you'll get the same courtesy from either of these other two, but... No, I I actually would be curious if people like I can understand Brother Bear. Yeah, I would. If you are a Home on the Range fan, please get help and then contact me on Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. James, you can, you can send me the reasons why I'm wrong about Oliver and Company still at Binge Fan, and I will continue to mute you. I mean, what? 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 No, I I did I didn't do that. What do you? Oh, we forgot to mention the one thing. What, what one thing? Fine. 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 Both <laughs> these movies have fine offs when they say fine to each other. It's fine, guys. I don't I don't understand. Help me. Do... Why is that funny? Why do they think that's a thing? Well, they used to. I don't think it happens so much anymore. I don't think they ever used to, Derek. I think it just happened. Mm. Yeah. Trying to think of other things that that happened in. But anyway, we're going way too long. So We're done. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time where we'll be less likely to be jerks. <laughs> Probably. Or someone I pretending to be him. Hurt myself today, today to see if I, I still, still feel, feel I'm focused. On the page, <laughs> cows are all that's real. The udders, the udders, the old familiar sting tried to kill it all away, but I remember everything. You better have faded out by now. Opening and ending music by. At Ben Sound. Podcast cover art by Nathan Rackley at Drawakir on Twitter.